I well, appreciate our musicians and so I've been ministered through the course of the day. appreciate their, uh, their work and their effort in that and just edifying us as um, we've gathered together. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 this evening and probably a, a passage of scripture that is uh, near and dear to me. It talks about really the the walk that we have with the Lord, the work we have, and how we're supposed to do that. And we're coming into uh, 45 years as a church, and I'm glad for how God has blessed over the years. We've reflected a little bit as we've prepared for next week, um, just just talking through with, with different people and, and even some, uh, just some, some things we've, we've been looking through, some photos and other conversations, and just thinking about all that it, it does, it, all that it needs to happen for the work of God to continue. And um, I wanted to just challenge the church tonight as we head into our anniversary Sunday next week and just remind us about some things that we need to continue. You know, um, when it comes to it, anything that is worth, um, worth doing is worth doing well, but it takes takes quite a bit to, to continue to maintain something. And, you know, sometimes we think things will just sort of happen naturally, but when it comes to anything that involves humans, people, generally things don't just happen to get better, they happen to just get worse. And we see that in society. There's things that, you know, we've, we've taken for granted, I guess, over the course of just even this nation's history that we now look at it and go, what happened? And there was perhaps an, a bit of an inactivity or a lack of effort in that area because we've just thought that'll always be. And, and you know, sometimes in the life of a church, it, it can be that way. And I've, there's no doubt there's different places all around, maybe churches that, that you know of that used to be a certain way and are now a, a different way. Perhaps even just you can see what previously was. There was a lot of, a lot of good things, a lot of working for the Lord, and, and a lot of that just evident in perhaps some things that, that are still there and visible, like buildings. And yet you go in and, and most of the church is empty and there's no longer that sense of a working and God's spirit in the place. And... You know, we've, we've traveled a little bit, and, and over the course of our time in ministry, we've had opportunities to go to different places, and we took a little bit of a break many years ago, and we went through, and uh, we were visiting, uh, we wanted to, to go to the U.S. and just do a bit of a, have a little bit of a break there. We have a lot of friends over on that side of the world, and so, and some family, and so we wanted to visit and, and all of that, and so we, we sort of mapped out a little bit of which churches we were going to go to. And one particular Sunday, we weren't anywhere near a church that, that um, we know and we, we had friends in. It was, it, we, we had a couple of days. Our, actually, Azariah's cousins treated us to a couple of days in Disney World and Disneyland. And so, um, so we enjoyed that and had a, had a great time. But there was not really many churches around that An Anaheim area. So we just looked up the, the closest Baptist church. And we went to one um, that 
that was closest there, and we went, and it was a, it was a, it was an enormous facility. It was huge. It was there was fields, there were buildings, and but when we drove in and took a closer look, we noted that really the the buildings were in a bit of disrepair. Uh, there were there was grass overgrown in different uh, every every nook and cranny. There was different places that you could see hadn't been touched in a while. And we came in, and, and it was probably a 2,000-seat auditorium, but there was about 150 people. And it was Father's Day. It was meant to be a special day. And I remember they made all the dads stand up, and about six of us stood up. And so we got a double portion of cinnamon scrolls. I didn't mind that. <laughs> and so I just remember walking through that, and the, the pastor or, or someone took us on a little bit of a walkthrough, and they described what was. This, they described how things used to be, and nothing was current. And the reality is, in any, any kind of forum where there's, there's humanity involved, there's not, it's not going to just, just sort of happen. It's going to happen with some effort. It's going to happen with some purpose and some intentionality. And there's some areas that I think the, the scriptures bear out for us tonight that, that if I can encourage our church, we need to just continue to endeavor in. And, and the Bible uses that word here, and, and if we begin reading in verse 1, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And then verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of of the gift of Christ. And, and this is, a, this is a, a great passage of Scripture. We're going to continue to read through as we go along tonight. But there needs to be an attitude that, you know, if we're going to continue to see God's blessing and continue the work that God has called us to, we're going to need to be an endeavoring church. The word endeavoring simply means to, ha- to, to, to put effort, to, um, to be diligent in, to uh, exert ourselves both physically, mentally, for a certain goal. And, and things that aren't kept on purpose aren't kept at all. When, when we sort of just go into the mode of, oh, it'll just happen and someone's going to do this and someone's going to do that, and we don't intentionally pursue and intentionally put uh, ourselves to, to do the work and to continue with God's grace with some effort into it, then the, the, the general result is a slippage in what should have been. And I think we see that around. I, I think the, we can look at statistics about our nation and look at all of the things that have happened all worldwide, and we understand, generally speaking, there's a bit of a faith erosion that's happening. It just, it just used to be that you would find a great deal of people, and, and I'm not pining for those days. I, I, I would hope that we could still uh, perhaps see some semblance of that in our generation, but I'm just saying that there's things that no doubt, people just thought it'll always be this way, but without any intentionality, without any endeavor on their part, it just became what it is today. And if we're not careful, we could, 
look around and we can see the, the, all of the blessings of God. And, and there's a time and place for that. It's going to be you know, a bit of that next week, reflecting in all that God has done. And, and, and for, for many of you, as I look around, you're, you've been a bigger part of that than I have. We've just arrived, really. We've, we're just taking in the, the part of that. But as part of our, 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 my understanding is, as we were heading here, there's just a great burden on, on my heart and my shoulders of those that have labored to keep the faith, that have labored to ensure that and, and have endeavored in their time and in ge- their generation to ensure that there's a gospel presence right here, that there is a church for another generation, that there is a church here right here in Albany Creek that will faithfully uh, preach the, the word of God and faithfully preach the gospel and, and faithfully support missions and faithfully uphold the doctrines of the word of God. And, it, and as we're learning and as we're seeing, as God is bringing different uh, people in our midst in this time, there's just a bit of a dearth of that anywhere. It's not just a regular occurrence that there's just places where, where, where people can go. And I'm not saying that we're anything special, but by the grace of God, we ought to endeavor to do that. We ought to endeavor to, to do some things that will just continue the work that God has done in this place. And, and you know, as a church, we're made up of, of different members. Some have been here since the beginning, some uh, in the middle of all of that, some just recently. But as God has written this, the narrative of this place, of this body, he, He's the one that has set every member in place, and that's always been our prayer. We pray that God would add to the church, that as we go out and we uh, do the work of the gospel in reaching this community and beyond, that God's going to be the one that would bring those whom He would for this season and for this time would bring to take on the work as well. And we see that. Look at, look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and keep your finger there in, in Ephesians chapter 4. We'll go back there. And notice this, this idea that God gives us about what the church is. It's a body. And if you look at the scriptures, there's only ever two, two human relationships that God views as one when there's more than one person involved. The first one is marriage, right? God looks at a husband and a wife. He sees them as one. But he looks at a group of a collective of individuals as people, and he looks at the church as one. That's the only two. And notice verse 12, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit, for the body is not one member but many. And he goes on, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And he's using all of these almost really ridiculous conversations between the different parts of the body to just demonstrate you're meant to belong. That it's not meant to be this, this, I'm this and I'm that. No, we're supposed to belong. And skip down to verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Not as it hath pleased us, it, as it hath pleased him. He's the one that sets every member in place. 
He's the one that understands what a body needs for whatever season and for whatever, uh, whatever time, and he sets them in place. And so uh, I want to say to you as your pastor, as, as we've observed in the last many years, as God has brought you, maybe recently, we don't take that for granted. We don't take that with, with any other uh, level of seriousness than this, that God is the one doing that. And we, we, we want to say that, you know, we, we trust God in that, that for this season and for this time, God has seen it fit to bring you along. And God's the one as it hath pleased him that has set you here. And yet we've got to understand that, that as that goes, there's a, there's, a general, there's a general maintenance that needs to happen. That we understand that we've got to not just take it for granted that people are arriving and sitting in the pews, but there's, there's meant to be an endeavoring of who we are and what we're about. There's meant to be an effort put in to, uh, to help each as, as God brings, uh, brings different parts of the body for this season along, that there's going to be an endeavoring to, uh, to help understand some things about who we are in the Lord. And, and so we, we've got to purposely and intentionally do that. And we're, if we're to continue on as a church, if we're to see out our tenure in our generation, we've got to take heed to the fact that, that God has designed for us to be one, and yet also we're meant to be growing and maturing and, and purposeful about it all. And we're meant to have an, an understanding that it, we, we can't operate outside the, the interests of the whole. We've got to be, we can't be self-serving if we're going to truly care for the body. And we've got to determine to put our time and energy into the thing that God has called us to, the body, the church. And so a couple of things as we go through Ephesians chapter 4 this evening. And, and firstly, as we've already alluded to, firstly, it's an endeavoring in our unity. You know, we've got to endeavor in our unity. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and notice verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And so there's a calling, there's a vocation. There's an understanding that there's a certain bestowment of God's grace upon a person, who we are and what we're part of. And he's saying in, that you, we walk worthy of that. And how we do that is with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And then he just simply commands this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, the, the byproduct of a church that walks with the Lord and seeks the Lord is really unity. But that's got to be something that is intentionally kept. It's intentionally guarded. It's not something that'll just sort of happen without noticing. It's something that we've got to be guarded about. And it's just, it's just in us to want to find ways to, you know, break up the band, so to speak. You know, sometimes there's, there's, there's very trivial reasons why people separate away. Sometimes there's very real reasons. And we, we've heard the story about the, the guy who was marooned on a, a, a deserted island and finally a rescue boat comes and arrives and looks at, their, at the, the guy. He's been there for a couple of years now. And as, as he climbed into the rescue boat, the, the people rescue him asked him this question, we thought you were alone. 
Why are there three huts? They asked. The man replied, well, the first hut is my home. The second hut is my church. And then they asked, well, what's the third hut? Well, that was the church I used to go to. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's just sometimes in us, there's just, uh, if we're left to ourselves, we find reasons to. And, and unity is something that we ought to endeavor to keep. You know, a body is no use when its parts are separated. And schisms and divisions in the body can cause the body to stumble. And so from the outset, we're reminded to keep together. We're, we're called to be a church. Notice again, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And later on, he's going to talk about the church. But again, the, the church isn't just an organization. It's an organism. And these are things that we've learned before, but it's just a good, good thing to remind ourselves. But we're not just a church on Sunday. We're not, we're not a church because it's an event. We're, we're a church because God has gathered us and God set us. And God in his purpose has brought us to this time and this place. And we're to, we're, we're to separate. Uh, sometimes we, we go out and we sort of have this mentality that, oh, well, we're done with church. No, listen, we're the church through the week. We're going we're gonna to start with Monday tomorrow, and we're still the church. And we're meant to have this understanding that we're supposed to, uh, to, to hold together, and we're supposed to be there for one another, and we're to leave these four walls understanding that we're the church. It's not an event. It's, a, it's who we are. And, and sometimes we can over-compartmentalize our lives into different schedules and different times of the week, like, you know, we're the church and we're, we come to church on Sunday and we forget we're the church. That's our calling. That's the part of the vocation. That's part of what we understand as part of, of, of God's bestowment upon us as part of our lot is we are to belong to our local church. And so we, we can't separate our lives from that. God sees us as we go through the week as one. And the instruction there is given to walk worthy. That, that means we've got to live out our calling. And that, that's got to be visible and seen. And as God looks at that, that we're endeavoring in that way, you know, the way we do that is verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. You know, the, the difficult thing sometimes in, in endeavoring to keep unity is that we're all different and unique. Right? We all have different perspectives at times, and we can have different opinions that is an opinion, and sometimes we can agree or disagree. But, but he's saying there to forbear. You know, all of those things, lowliness and meekness, it's all got to do with, with a humility. He's saying with long-suffering, to suffer long. And, and you know, many times we can disengage and we can come to a place of separating. Why? Because we simply didn't apply just a humble spirit within ourselves. We don't come along and with humility approach our times together, approach sometimes the friction that happens when different parts of the body engage. And we are to forbear, the Bible says there. It says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering forbearing, one another. Forbearing is simply patiently restraining an impulse. 
right? There's sometimes an impulse to respond quickly. Sometimes an impulse to just respond without thinking. Sometimes an impulse to just call out something that perhaps there's a better time for it. And, and you know, sometimes when you feel you're right and you just simply must make your point, maybe the best thing to do is actually to forbear. Forbear. You choose to, at that moment, maybe suffer the loss of the argument or the, the loss of the discussion or the loss of pointing something out. Maybe to find a better time to make the point. And why? Because our motive ought to be unity. It ought to be love. There ought to be a lowliness and meekness about us because the Bible tells us that only by pride cometh contention. And so we're supposed to restrain even our own impulses. Why? For the betterment of the body. But you know, many of us aren't restrained in our impulses. We don't have, we're not allowing the Holy Spirit of God to bring us under subjection and under control. And sometimes we go about and there's no forbearance there. And what happens is there's contention. What happens is there's, there's pride that spews out. And we're supposed to restrain even our own impulses for the betterment of the body. And, you know, our goals and ambitions personally at times ought to be tempered with thoughts of pleasing God. And even just to, to help for the sake of others. And so we're called to keep unity. Well, he says there in verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, the Spirit of God gives us unity and it's our responsibility to then keep that byproduct. And we've got to be guarded against anything that, that perhaps may cause division. You know, the, the thing that we have unity about is doctrine. The Bible tells us in Romans 16, 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. It's so important that we come in and there's a, there's a guarding of, you know, what, what keeps us, gives us unity is doctrine. Doctrine is the, the teachings of the Word of God. And there ought to be, you know, we, we, we have a statement of faith. I love the song that the choir sung, uh, sung tonight. There was a declaration of what we believe. You know, many, many churches, unfortunately today, they don't want to be known for what they believe. They want to hide it. They want to make it as difficult. They don't want to touch on controversial topics. They don't want to touch on things that might... And listen, we, we, we understand too that, that doctrine does divide at times. That's a good division at times when, when there's no agreement in doctrine. There's a reason to divide there. But we also understand that doctrine is something that we're meant to keep something that we're meant to reinforce, something that we're meant to teach those coming up. In, uh, even in our youngest ages, we're meant to sit with them and talk through what we believe and why we believe it. And it's not just a statement that we present when, when someone's coming on to membership. No, it's something that we ought to guard against and something that we ought to uh, teach at every level at every time. And we ought to hold to the sound doctrine of the Word of God. And we ought not shy away from that. That ought to be something that is clearly stated and clearly known. And we go through and we, we will uh, we'll go through the scriptures and uh, we, we trust as we have those that will come up and teach that, that they understand what we stand for and they understand what doctrines are in the Word of God. And he says there that 
to divide, mark them which cause divisions that are contrary to the doctrine. In 3 John 1.9, he speaks about someone says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to, ha- to have the preeminence among them, receive this not. And sometimes what also we need to guard against is just big-headedness. It's just personalities that want to take over. And, and you know, sometimes there, there, there's, a, there's a, 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 an understanding sometimes in, in church that it's the pastor's show. No, 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 listen. No one else should have the preeminence except the Lord Jesus Christ. He ought to be preeminent. It, 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 this, this, our, our church ought to be known as, as Jesus' church. And this ought to be, and, and whilst we understand our offices, and we'll get to that in a little bit, we also understand that, that the, the pastor is not a, the head of the church. God is the head of the church. Actually, the pastor is just part of the body. He just fulfills a certain role. He just fulfills a certain responsibility. And, and as I go about, you know, I'm amongst you, and there needs to be no division between the members and, and the officers. No, listen. God's the head of the church. And we've got to understand that no one else should have the preeminence. And, you know, the, the, the psalmist said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We ought to guard that. We ought to endeavor, the Bible says, to keep unity. Now, the next thing is, is we need to look at verses 4 to 6. He says, There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord. One faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. We need to endeavor uh, not only in our unity, but we need to be endeavoring in our vitality. What, what keeps the, the church alive? What, what keeps it going? You know, unfortunately, I think there's a, there's a trend in Christendom that just treats the church as an organization. And we understand in our day that there's, there's some legalities now that are attached to, to churches and so forth, and we've got to be up to speed with that. We've got to understand that there's some things we need to ensure that we're... But, but listen, that's not a good plan and, and, and good administration doesn't keep the church alive. No, it's our connection with that one Lord and that one God who's, father, who's the Father of all. And, and we need to endeavor to ensure that our vitality is found in them. And, and sadly, I think there's times where, where church, there's a mentality that, that if we just run it just like a business, that there's some strategies involved. And I'm not against that. I think there's times where we need to seek God about that and seek God about what the future holds and so forth. And we make plans and we ensure that we're, we're doing the best we can as ministries and as a church, but, but having, having strategic plans and goals isn't the thing that's going to set a church apart. It's not the thing that's going to keep a church going. It's not, it's not an organization. It's an organism that needs to be attached to the Lord. And for a body to function, we need to have a source of vitality. And the word one is used here seven times. And it's summarized with the fact that the body being one has one common source of vitality. And it's the most paramount is this, is that we have God. That we're seeking Him. And in Colossians 1.18, and He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. And we touched on that already. 
In Ephesians 3, 20 to 21, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, the power isn't in the plan. The power is in the Lord. And it's the, the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And we know the, the scriptures in John chapter 15. We know that we're supposed to abide in Christ, that without him we can do nothing. That, that really there's a responsibility on our part as a collective and as individuals to walk with God, to abide in Him, to keep attached uh, as bra- branches uh, that, 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 that sprout out great fruit. We need to be with the, the vine. We need, to, we need to have a fervent walk with the Lord. That, that's not something that we're just, uh, is secondary to the things that we do, the, all of the different activities, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But no, no, our, our main responsibility actually firstly is to stay close to the Lord. We're meant to walk with Him. We're meant to, as we come along and we come to the times of gathering, we're meant to be preparing ourselves as close to the Lord as we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be attached to that vitality in our lives that it's only by Him do we bear fruit. It's only by Him. It's not about just the knowledge of the things of God. You know, you could, you could have all of the Scriptures memorized, but if you're not walking with God and you're not... You're not, uh, you're not intimate with the Lord and having a closeness, then all of that knowledge just puffs up. All of that just, just results in a bit of a mega mindset. And what we're supposed to endeavor in is that, that attachment and that closeness to the Lord. And our vitality as a church, it's, it's got to stem from an active seeking of God. And, you know, I hope that you come into our times together prayed up. I hope that you don't just come and you think that, that, that actually this is your fill-up that you need and you might be helped, you might, uh, you might, be, you might be taught something that you can, uh, can be helped in and it, might, and it ought to edify you for the week. But, but listen, there's some things I, that, that the church can't do for you that you've got to do for yourself. You've got to walk with God. You've got to get in the Word of God this week. You've got to walk with Him. You've got to seek Him. And this isn't a substitute for that. This is meant to be our time of instruction and our time of encouragement. This is our time where we're supposed to be provoking one another unto love and good works. But, but that's only as, as effective as our walk with the Lord and how it was this week. How was your walk with God this week? Is there life in you where you're seeking Him? How, how much time... Did you, did you spend just with the Lord? You know, there, there's many churches who've just lost sight of that. You know, they look for different means to remain relevant, remain vital. They, they look for other means. They survey communities to find out. They attach themselves to, to different organizations thinking that that organization will keep them afloat. That, that somehow some other external source will, will, will just keep their church going and keep it vital and, and keep it living. No, listen, they've, they've, they've forgotten that, that the, the light that we have is, is Christ. And the life that we have is in the Lord. And that actually it's His church and, and without Him, we can do nothing. And so we're supposed to go about and... and ensure that we endeavor to 
keep to that vitality. To ensure that, you know, as we come about, that we're keeping Christ preeminent. And that ought to be our desire. It's not about us. It's about the Lord. It's about ensuring that He gets the glory and He gets the praise. You know, and, and if we're known just for the church's name, then we've missed it. You know, it's, it's the Lord Jesus whom we pray to. It's Him whom we tell others about. It's Him whom we worship. It's Him whom we praise. It's Him who we labor for. It's, he's our all in all. And we can't function as a body if we don't seek the presence and the power of God in each of our lives. We're to seek Him. I wonder if we've taken a little bit of time this week as we've led into this, this time together. I wonder if we just would just plan to get into the week and just have that closeness and that walk. You know, I was just praying this morning as, uh, as we were about to have our morning service and, and everyone else was in life groups. I was just praying and I, I just, to be honest, there's, there's, been, there's been a couple of days in the last month and with health and everything else, it's sort of just... I have, to be honest, just struggled through. And I, I just had to just get some things. And I said, Lord, I just want to be close to you. Lord, help me with this. Help me with that. And, and Lord, help me to just draw to you. And there's just times where you just got to be sensitive enough to the Lord where you sense distance. <laughs> you just, we ought not to take it for granted just because we've, we've, we've been a, a Christian for a little while. We ought to be sensitive to that. And, and, and that's our vitality. That's our power. That's our, that, God's presence in our lives and, and that closeness, even in our gathering, that ought to be evident. We come with an approach. You know, I know there's times where we purposely, we come together to pray and seek God when we have different events coming up. And, and yet, I'll just be honest, that, that ought to be powerful course as we get into our times together, as we get into our week. And let's not forget that. We need to endeavor in our vitality. Then lastly, and really quickly, we just need to endeavor in our, our activity. And notice verse 7, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower part of the earth? He that Descended is the same also that ascended up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he's just explaining some things that happened uh, as, he, as he took captivity captive, that, that, that holding tank, and he preached himself. And then in all of that, he gave gifts unto men, the Bible says. And notice what he gave. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And, and we focus on those last two there that God has given the church specifically for our time. What for, reason, for this reason, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Say, so till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for her, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And, and, and simply this, he's saying he's given all things 
so that the body can be edified, so the body can grow and mature. And we've got to endeavor in that activity. You know, activity, right activity leads to a healthy body. And activity lends itself to increase. And the Bible says effectual, it's producing an effect. And we've got to be, we've got to be active in the right things. And, you know, there's, there's many distractions in church life. There's many distractions in the Christian life. There's many churches who used to have a great ministry and a great vitality but they started to look at the wrong activities. They started to look at the wrong causes. They started to look at the wrong reasons to meet. And they added much to the calendar, maybe, but it, it, it affected for naught. And we've got to be careful. You know, um, we, won't, we won't take the time to examine it for the sake of time, but really, we've got to just be supportive of one another in what we're doing for the Lord. We understand that we are an endeavor for the gospel, right? That part of our calling is that we were to reach out in our community. But listen, in our gathering, the reason we gather is to be edified. The, the, the Bible tells us that, that the Lord Jesus gave gifts to the church. One of that is the office of the pastor. And part of my role is to, uh, to make sure that as we're teaching and as we're preaching, that that results in your spiritual maturing. That you're not meant to be as children tossed to and fro, that there's a maturing in you. That the activities that we put together, the, 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 all of the things that we're doing to, to, uh, from, from the little ones to the older ones, it's meant to mature you in the faith. And you know, sometimes we can get sort of distracted away and look at other things and, and I'm not against fun and against real, real, you know, real causes for the time. But if all of that is robbing us from the main activity of maturing the saints, of maturing you to ensure that you're fulfilling your potential for the Lord, then we're doing it wrong. And that as I look at the, the history of this church, there were those who have been matured who are still here. Some who've moved on as God's moved them to different places, but there's been a maturity. There's been a maturing. And I want to tell you that that, that takes purpose. That takes effort. That takes focus on the reason why we gather. The reason why we have church. And we're going to go out tomorrow and there's going to be different opportunities for us to share the gospel there's times where we're going to go together, but there's, there's always time. It's our manner of living should be the gospel. But the times we come together whilst we take opportunity to preach the gospel is meant to be times where we're to grow. It's meant to be times where we're paying attention and we're purposely in our hearts desiring to grow and putting ourselves in situations where we're ready to hear because it's vital and it speaks to the heart and the purpose of our gathering together as a church. We're meant to grow. We're meant to mature in the faith. And so we, let's, let's make sure that we're putting in activities that, that lend to that because right activity will bring right growth and it'll produce the right results and the body needs to mature. And you know, tonight I want to say it's a great privilege 
it's a great joy to come together. It's a great joy that God has in His, in His sovereignty and in all of His wisdom. He brought us here, and I'm glad for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. As I look back, I think about all of that, and as God tarries His coming, we've got a job to do. And we've got a, we've got a, a work to complete. And so let's make sure in our generation, in this time, in our season, we endeavor on some things. Endeavor to keep our unity. Endeavor to, to ensure that we have the right vitality and then endeavor to make sure that we have the right activity. And it takes effort, it takes purpose, it takes diligence. So let's play our part. Let's walk with God like we should. Let's encourage in those areas like we should. Let's guard against if there's a, there's, there's a, we see that maybe we're putting in the wrong things. Let's make sure we're, we're alert to that. And let's ensure that, you know, in all of it that we would please him as we head into, into our anniversary time, as we head into what the Lord has for us in the future. Let's pray. And Father, thank you, Lord God, for our time. And Lord, there's just many more things that we could say, but Lord, suffice it to say, we need you. Lord, we need to, Lord, play our part in, in this time to ensure that the work continues. And Lord, that takes, dear Lord, an attitude of endeavoring. So I pray that you'd help each and every one of us as we head into the week, Lord, to firstly to walk with you like we should, to understand that that's, that's so vital to our, 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 our living, uh, so vital to the work, so vital for, for our church to truly flourish in this time and the work to continue and the work to, Lord, to, to flourish, dear Lord. And yet we also, Lord, just understand that we need to, Lord, keep the unity and to guard against disunity and to guard against, Lord, uh, even uh, every wind of doctrine. And I pray that then, Lord, we will just mature in the faith, dear God, as we continue on. And Lord, I'm thankful for our church, thankful we get to serve together, we get to, uh, Lord, see your hand of blessing in our time. And I pray that you just would instill in us, Lord, a, a spirit of faith as we head into what, what comes next and as we seek you, Lord. So I pray that you'd please bless each and every one. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.